0: Episode of Nose on the Wall. I'm Justin Reed. Uh, Thank you so much for your patience this week for this episode to drop. I know we are normally set to do Mondays, and um, uh, you know we weren't able to get this one out until Thursday morning. So I do appreciate your patience with me. Um, Today we have a a very very cool guest. Her name is Pamela. She is an attorney. She is a working mom, and um, I'm very excited for. Uh, you to hear her story and her her childhood memories, uh, but before we get into that, I do have to uh, let you know this episode is brought to us as always by Free Lunch Coffee. Free Lunch Coffee is a wonderful new coffee brand who is donating fifty percent of all of their revenue to nonprofits supporting ending childhood hunger. Um, and, you know it's a, a great mission, and also their coffee is fair trade, organic, all all of, all of the labels that you know that they mean business, and it's super good, it's delicious coffee. So if you're a coffee drinker like me, and you wanna save some kids, go to freelunchcoffee.com nose, that is F-R-E-E-L-U-N-C-H-C-O-F-F-E-E.com slash nose, and enter the promo code nose at checkout for 10% off your order. Go support a great new brand and a great cause of, uh, of helping the kids. So, um, also, uh, please remember to like, rate, subscribe, review, um, the, the podcast, wherever you listen to your podcasts, um, send in your thoughts, feedback, stories, concerns, whatever to nose on the wall podcast at gmail.com or on Instagram, Instagrams rather at nose on the wall. Uh, so with that onto the episode with the wonderful Pamela. all right with me i have pamela thank you so much for for joining me today
1: hi justin great to be here
0: you know when i i I came across your profile in one of the many facebook podcast community groups and what jumped out at me right away was just how badass you are (laughs) and so i had to reach out to you and get you on the show uh you're an attorney a working mom a podcast host yourself. And what I wanted to do was take some time up top for you to plug whatever it is you want to plug and where people can find you. And uh, then we can jump into it from there.
1: Well, thanks, Justin. And I um, have to kind of share the same remarks I I'm a big fan of your podcast. I really love how genuine it is. And especially in this time when we're all kind of struggling, feeling disconnected, I have found it very refreshing. So I'm, I'm honored to be here. And what I do is legacy planning for families. My website is lawmother.com. And I'm also host of the Working Moms podcast, which you can also link to from lawmother.com.
0: Perfect. And I will also include the link to your show in the show notes of this episode when it drops great so and i saw that you were just listed on 5280 magazine's top denver lawyers that's awesome congratulations thank you oh you know, i see there those those reports come out every so often it's always really neat when when someone that you are connected to in, in any way is listed on those on those lists um so yeah congratulations that, that's that's incredible thank you and without further ado, we'll jump right into the questions, unpack your childhood a little bit. And the one that I always start with is thinking back to your childhood, what is either the first one that comes to mind or your favorite smell?
1: Ooh. Um, so my like favorite smell that jumps to my mind right away is from um, kind of Saturday morning pancakes. My. Okay. Um, so the smell of pancakes and we had this tradition in my family, my father, um, every Saturday morning would make pancakes for us. And we'd kind of, um, it was a fun family activity. We'd watch cartoons. We'd, um, it was, it was just something that kind of is a, one of those happy memories that's associated sure. with the smell of pancakes.
0: Sure. I have two questions to follow up <laughs> on one. Was it just like. Straight just normal pancakes or do you do like blueberries did you dress them up a little bit what was uh, what was on the table?
1: <laughs> yeah so sometimes we dress them up we would do blueberries and sometimes my dad would make little shapes out of them so uh like Mickey Mouse and things like that uh, classic um I started trying to do that tradition with my own family um a little bit here during the pandemic and my um I have a baby girl and she's not quite into solid foods yet so right now mm-hmm. it's just my husband and I but hoping to carry on that tradition
0: sure sure my <laughs> wife is a big pancake girl also and actually as a matter of fact she made pancakes this morning um <laughs> with her her new from scratch recipe that she's been trying lately so you know we're, we're big into the pancakes in our house too <laughs> and then my my second follow-up question was you mentioned the saturday cartoons what were you watching who was uh, who was watching was it the whole family was it just siblings paint me the picture of that saturday morning <laughs>
1: Well, I don't know if this is everywhere, but like Saturday morning cartoons just came on Saturday morning. It was like the cartoon morning. Um, and yeah, it was my brother and I I have an older brother, Dave, who's about three and a half years older than me. Um, so yeah, it was mainly just us, the kiddos. Um, my dad would join in, but yeah, all the good ones, right? Like the teenage mutant Ninja turtles. Nice. I'm trying to remember what else was on Saturday mornings. Um, you know, duck Tales. Mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. all the, all the good, uh, eighties uh cartoons Saturday morning.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I I'm I'm a nineties baby. So my era was basically all Nickelodeon. So it okay. was like the SpongeBobs, the the Jimmy Neutrons, <laughs> things like that. And um and it was Saturday mornings and and it was me and my dad. I'm the oldest. My brother's about four and a half years younger than I am. Um so I just think back to when I was like seven or eight watching SpongeBob with my dad. So you're your pancake morning just brought back that nice memory. So. <laughs> it was, it was a, su- such an innocent time. Right.
1: <laughs> I know. I remember like, I was just joking with my husband because we would, my dad was an avid newspaper reader every Saturday morning. And mm-hmm. I feel like I would pull out the comic section as a kid and then pull out the like advertisements of like Toys R Us of where, I wanted to, what stuff I wanted someday. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Those were like my two go-to sections as a kid.
0: Right. So I'm, I'm curious, you, you mentioned your dad a couple times. What did he do? What was your relationship with him like?
1: Um, so I haven't, my dad's still alive um, and I have a great relationship with my dad. He's, I'm, I guess I would describe myself as a growing up as a daddy's girl. Mm. Um, and uh, he is an engineer um and he just retired but he also runs a consulting business so i joke with him that he's working more in his retirement than he did <laughs> like so nick he's not really retiring you know um, that's not, I think that's
0: how that goes
1: <laughs> he loves it yeah he loves what he does so
0: yeah i mean my, my day job i'm an i'm an investment advisor so um so many clients you see that same thing happen like i'm retiring it's finally done I'm putting mm-hmm. it all away. I'm gonna just read and play golf and do twiddle my thumbs, whatever. And then a month later you get the call, hey, I was bored, so I'm a consultant now. I'm like <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: That seems that's the template of the uh the working type, it seems.
1: Definitely, definitely.
0: So how was growing up with an older brother where you guys you get along? Three and a half years is like just at, that just far enough where you're not close enough in age to go through everything together. So did you guys butt heads a lot growing um, up?
1: Um yeah, a little bit. I um I like idolized my older brother. Um growing up, I wanted to be just like him. And I was a little bit of a tomboy mm-hmm. growing up. Um and I guess that's probably not a politically correct term to use nowadays. But um but yeah, I really um loved playing sports and like getting getting like rolling around in mud I don't know what else to say as a kid sure. um I remember like at a very young age uh at recess like being like all dirty and like having to like hide my clothes from my mom to show that like because I was like too much of like a rough growing up and right. um but yeah, so my brother um I always wanted to be just like him everything he was into I felt like i I did I followed him around. Um, and, uh, yeah, just loved everything that he would get into. And, um, we were definitely like, he definitely made me a tough cookie. I think like the younger sibling, I'll, I'll give you a little playback, Justin, cause you're the older mm-hmm. sibling. I feel like the younger sibling, at least in my house, like I had to be a little bit more scrappy, you know, you know, you get pushed around a lot more. You have to prove yourself at least for me. And, um, yeah, he definitely uh did not go easy on me at all. He but sure. he made me tough and um you know, from uh he was really into um like filmmaking as a kid and oh, okay. journalism and he actually had this um when he was a very young kid, he got he was writing um articles for the um local paper, like the and got picked up as like a kid's news reporter. So he was on our local news station oh, growing
0: that's up.
1: Cool. And um, I got to be on a few of the little different episodes when they would go and like interview kids' places. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he loved doing um short films. And mm-hmm. we had like one of those big 80s cameras, and I would like be his little, <laughs> like in any movie he was creating, uh-huh. I would just be like the the whatever he role he made me do for like right. our weird family films. So
0: <laughs> that's fun. Is he still <laughs> in that field? Is that So he's, that follow him?
1: yeah, he's still a journalist and then he still does like creative film type projects too. So yeah, I did follow him. And
0: Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. How did you land in, in law? What was your path? Was that something you wanted to be as a little kid that followed you?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so growing up, um, I have like, I'm the first lawyer in my family. So, Mm. um, I really had no (laughs) influences from, I think a lot of the messages I had around lawyers were kind of negative ones from my family growing up. Like my, I had family members who had had bad experiences with lawyers. Um, and so my, my dad's an engineer, my mom's a teacher and they, um, you know, really encouraged education. Um, and so um, growing up, you know, I just had always just been fascinated by the law, and I think you know it was like Law and Order and all the legal mm-hmm. TV shows. To be honest, um, and then in high school, my high school had this program where it was like a pre-law program where it was kind of a pilot program, and so I got to take a whole bunch of high school level like legal introduction classes, so criminal, cool. and civil law, and trial law. And when I was 16, you know, my dad and I went to the bookstore and I bought this book of like how to get into law school. And um, so, yeah, it was something that kind of I was interested in from a young age. And then um, my dad continued to encourage me, uh, but he really wanted me to follow in his footsteps. So before I went to law school, I was actually an engineer and I worked as an engineer for a little while before going the legal route. So. Mm -hmm. Initially followed in his footsteps and then made the switch <laughs> to law.
0: <laughs> now, props to you for actually finishing engineering school. I started off in in bioengineering. Oh, nice! I lasted about technically I lasted two years, but mm-hmm. really I lasted a semester and then just finished up all like the math courses that I needed to do anyway. But my heart was out of it in four months. Um, it's that's a tough world, man. So yeah,
1: I so I guess so my when I started engineering school, I was pretty behind because I hadn't done honors classes in high school. I hadn't taken calculus, I hadn't taken physics. And my advisor was like, I think you need to do a year of prereqs before you start engineering school, like the like engineering physics and all that stuff. And I'm like, no, I want to do it. I was like very stubborn. (laughs) So I like went into all these classes with everyone that was like, I feel like two years ahead of me. And I worked my butt off. Like I spent every weekend in the library, every week in the library, I worked with like every tutor. I went to every office hour. And my first year was so hard that when I got through it, I was like, well, like, I'm not going to give up. Like I've, (laughs) like I've already dedicated this all this time. Like I'm going to see it through and, um lucky for me i had a lot of support there's um i was involved with the society of women engineers i don't know if you had a chapter where you were um but they gave a lot of like encouragement and support for women in engineering and stem and so it kind of uh kind of helped fuel me through the process
0: certainly and also i'm sure being able to call home and be like dad i don't get this <laughs> help me out <laughs> no Do you have my- any of those phone calls <laughs>
1: No, like, well, growing up, my dad did math flashcards with me. I don't know if you, um, being a, where you're in, um, especially with what you do now, I don't know how much math was encouraged, but he really made math really fun for me growing up. So math was always really, um, an easier subject for me. I feel like the chem, like the physics and chemistry, um, I struggled with, but yeah. Uh, no, I never really called him. I feel like he was one of those natural geniuses where he didn't really have to work hard. I feel like I joke with him and my family. I'm like, I feel like I had to like work every, like so hard for every piece of knowledge I got. So, uh, he was never really the best in tutoring. He was more of a like, Oh, can't you see? Like, it's just, it's so easy. So, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I, I benefited from. I was a big math student, also. That, that's what kind of propelled me into doing engineering was because I liked math. Physics is where I drew the line. I said, "Screw this, I'm at." But I really <laughs> did like math. And my, my dad um, went ultimately did his master's in mathematics at Dartmouth, and he was a TA. Oh, um, nice! Up there, so you know when I was in like Calc Two. And I call me like dad. I have absolutely no idea how to get the area of a sphere, and it's driving me crazy. And he's like, "Slow down. What are we doing? Work through this."
1: Oh, that's good. That's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, I should give my dad some more credit. He did. I do remember like high school math, not uh really like, not really understanding um, things, and him taking the time. I think just yeah. math is hard and I feel like engineering was really hard. So I don't blame you for making the change. I have a lot of friends that did oh, yeah. as well.
0: Yeah. And my, my path made my resume makes absolutely no sense. Cause I went from that, the world of engineering. And then I ended up doing my, my undergrad in classical saxophone. And then <laughs> from there went into nonprofit fundraising and then from there went into investments. And now I've been there for several years. Um, But, oh, yeah, my resume, whenever I've interviewed for a job, people go, what, what, what is this? (laughs) Every step makes linear sense. Let me walk you through.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It makes sense in your head. Yeah. To yourself. Yeah, no, I get the same stuff about kind of my progression of my career, too.
0: Uh, But no, ultimately, all the the cards fall as they needed to. Um, But I am, I am curious. So your mom was a teacher. What did she, what did she teach?
1: Um, she, she taught elementary school and then, um, my grandma was also a teacher. Um, and, but when we were, my mom, you know, stayed at home for, for a while with us. And then when I got to middle school, she started doing computer teaching, teaching like elementary school computers. Oh, that's neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: And I asked that cause my mom was also an elementary school teacher. Um, so I'm curious if you ever had the life of Going to school with your mom, if you ever went to the school that she taught, (laughs) but it sounds like she was at home while you were uh, that age.
1: Yeah, I didn't, but I did have like all the benefits of I feel like having an elementary school teacher as a mom because she had so many fun like activities, and we had like a like a toy closet that had things like like if you behaved yourself, you'd get something from the toy closet, like all these things that you would. (laughs) associate with someone who has taught kids and kind of knows how to give them incentives and games and awards and yeah I was pretty lucky with with all of that
0: sure I know my I always felt spoiled when my mom would like take me into the cafeteria and just go straight to the back to like the salad bar that the teachers had I, mean, I felt like so cool
1: because <laughs> I got to
0: have a salad bar for lunch and all the other kids had their little like, chicken patty or whatever it was.
1: Nice. You had like oh, yeah. the inside track. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't get any of that. I didn't have that connection, unfortunately. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, it, was, it was quite the connection to have. <laughs> um, so, uh, Another question for you. Uh, what was something that you believed for way too long as a kid? And when did you wake up?
1: Ooh, something I believed way too long as a kid. And when did I wake up? Um, You know, so I was raised Jewish. So I kind of had the reverse thing with Santa Claus. Like I learned way too quickly <laughs> that Santa wasn't real. And then I had to like keep it a secret from everyone else.
0: Oh, see, I'm also Jewish and I did not keep it a secret. That, I got, <laughs> I, I got quite a bit of joy ruining Santa. I've said this on the podcast many times, and I'm sure I'm very judged for it by the listeners, but that was one of my favorite things to do. I can't believe you actually kept it secret.
1: I felt like I um, was very confused as a kid around Santa Claus because the school I went to was mainly like Mormon and Catholic, Mm. and there wasn't a lot of Jewish... Like I was one of the only Jewish students, and so um i felt like my like when i was growing up it was very confusing to me like i would make like macaroni christmas trees and bring them home and my mom my parents would be like <laughs> throw them away <laughs> like, it was like this very like um weird dynamic of uh because in back in the 80s too it was like the christmas concert and like mm-hmm. Everything um, was very, so I, you know, I just remember always trying to convince my parents that we should have a Christmas tree um, and wanting to have like a Hanukkah bush. Mm -hmm. Um, And we, I wasn't successful in doing that. I don't know if you were.
0: (laughs) So my, my mom is Jewish. My dad is not. Mm -hmm. Um, My dad's side of the family are are conservative Cuban Catholics. So you got the best
1: of both worlds. Yeah. You got to celebrate both, right?
0: Oh yeah. So, well, kind of. Kind of. We ended up, the compromise was around the holiday time, and my wife makes fun of me for this all the time. We had a holiday station, and <laughs> what it was was this like, this, like plastic fold out table, and it had like a cup co- on either side, there were, like these light up Winnie the Pooh and Tigger light up like plastic caricature statue things. And then on the table, there was like the menorah and like some general wintry themed decorations and it was all on that table and like that was how we decorated the house and looking back on it i think it's fun i think it's (laughs) fun my wife was like that's so sad i'm like but not really we weren't big like christmas people so most of the holiday house decorations are for christmas not for hanukkah yeah this was this is what we got my dad got to sprinkle a little bit of christmas on it and my mom got to (laughs) sprinkle her hanukkah on it we just made it work
1: I love that. Yeah. We, um, growing up, I remember like being so fascinated by Christmas lights. I remember staying up one night and like setting my little alarm and going out and like looking out the window to see if the Christmas lights were on in the middle of the night. Like mm-hmm. I was so fascinated. I had to do like a little testing <laughs> of whether they were <laughs> right. investigate it. Um, but yeah, now my husband is, uh, I guess like non-denominational Christian. And so we have a Uh, interfaith household too and so it's been really fun kind of learning all the Christmas traditions for Mm -hmm. the first time and kind of creating all of them together with our daughter so
0: sure I am I am curious kind of taking it back to going through school as a Jewish kid and in most cases the only Jewish kid what was that experience like because mine wasn't the best and um, what what hardships did you experience? Any hardships? What was what was that experience like?
1: You know, um, like the community, like my so my best friend was Mormon, and I just um, I remember there was um, like this one time when I was a little girl that she came over and she was like, my brothers told me the Jews killed Jesus. Uh-huh. And she was like really upset (laughs) and I was really upset. And then we had like, a—I remember like meetings between both the families about it. Um, And like we had some stuff like that happen at school. I I had a a few people would use kind of that language, like you Jewed me a lot Uh, in front of me and not know that I was Jewish. Um, My parents kind of grew up in very anti-Semitic neighborhoods. Like my dad um, grew up and his synagogue was actually bombed when he was a kid. Oh, geez. And so, um, and then we had more extended family that were, um, survivors of the Holocaust. So like my, mm-hmm. um, and then some that didn't survive. So I feel like for me, um, it was, um, my family had a lot of like, don't talk about being Jewish to anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, don't tell people like, just like a big fear, around it so it was like a secret almost um and so I remember that being really confusing as a kid um and then my um my synagogue was for whatever reason at that age like was when I was like I remember them like having us watch holocaust stuff from a very young age like I remember like being four years old and watching my first movie about the holocaust and so I feel like um I had like a lot of just like fear around that <laughs> in the background like about oh, that happening to me yeah. at a very young age um but I will say like um overall right um I I think that really like um at a young age I was what really had that instilled in me of like justice and helping people and I think that is really what kind of pushed me towards the law even from a young age and like really made me, um, inspired by lawyers. But I was always kind of that kid that if someone was bullying them, I would be like, would step up for that person. And mm-hmm. I had this real sense of that, of like, I don't want what happened to my, to me to happen to other people. And so I feel like it has kind of, it kind of shaped me at a young age to want to stand up and protect people. I don't Sure.
0: Know. sure. Um, no, that, that makes perfect sense.
1: Um, but I don't I don't know. Um, I would say the like, I think growing up, like more of the things that I kind of struggled with at a young age was being female <laughs> versus like, I I just like, I, I was talking to my husband about this and um like why I'm so passionate about helping women. Mm-hmm. um But like, I grew when I was growing up, I played basketball and I loved basketball, but there was no girls basketball teams when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. they hadn't started yet so I played on boys basketball leagues as a little girl and um I got a lot of bullying for being like the girl on the boys basketball team and um I I just remember things around that like um I like had a um a party I went to with family friends and it was like all these different families and there was a basketball game going and I wanted to play one of the Dad's was like, girls can't play basketball, and like put her, his son in that like didn't know how to even like <laughs> pass oh, a ball geez. and having to like sit on the sideline. And it's weird to say that, but then like that repeated because in engineering, there's like very few women in engineering mm-hmm. still. And mm-hmm. when I was in engineering school, I was like the only woman in engineering. And so I had professors who would say, like back then, before Title IX, I had a professor that admittedly would say in front of the whole class, women shouldn't be engineers. And Not you shouldn't anymore. be here. So I think like I had much more of that association than the mm-hmm. Jewish association as a kid of like wanting things to be fair for women and being able to play basketball and really being able to be an engineer um, was like a big theme for me growing up.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, as you've been talking, the one thing that, that came to mind was I need to introduce you to another podcast guest that I had uh, just recently recently. Uh, her name is Beth Birchfield and she runs in Denver a uh, women and sustainability nonprofit or public oh, nice. benefit corporation or something like that um, so if you're interested, I can you know connect you to if that's something that you're you have any interest in, in doing yeah,
1: I'm always happy to be connected uh,
0: certainly so yeah I'll, I, once we're all done here i'll I'll send some emails and whatnot but um you know I can i certainly can't relate to your experience as a woman because I'm just not um but i can i can say at least in my industry that i'm seeing quite a bit of a turnaround mm-hmm. um which i think is for the better um i mean in in the investment advisory world i don't know if this is your experience in the denver area but um i in both cincinnati and now in portland where i live now um all of my <laughs> all but one of my bosses and the top producing teams and the market leadership and the state leadership for uh, the companies that I've worked for, all but one have been women.
1: Oh, that's great. And
0: yeah. um, I, mean, I I think I think that since the 80s the world has moved in the right direction and I hope it continues to do so. So yeah, obviously absolutely. we now have you know the WNBA, so women can play basketball, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: and high school teams and all that.
1: Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. absolutely. So
0: the 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 growing up Jewish experience is an interesting one because I don't think folks realize how much those little comments and those little things weigh on us, because um, mm-hmm. I know. I grew up in in South Florida where it was a lot of Confederate flags on pickup trucks was kind of the high school that I went to. And um, just when you said that your parents said, don't tell anyone, that resonated with me quite a bit because I had the same, I had the same situation. Mm -hmm. I went off to school at Florida state and uh, my mom said, don't say that you're Jewish when you're up there. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, in high school I had, I mean, just like incessant, Hitler jokes and Holocaust jokes, and mm-hmm. you know, if we had to play, I was in the marching band, right? And if we had to play a football game on Thursday because it was Rosh Hashanah on Friday, mm-hmm. but then we still had, but school wasn't canceled on Friday, you know, people would be like, I was one of like three or four Jewish kids in the marching band, and they'd be like, Thanks a lot, Jews, and just like those oh, kind of comments. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's just a lot of those things build up, and I just don't think people i don't even i don't think it's from a lack of empathy Mm -hmm. i think it's from a lack of just understanding of what that experience is like
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i had people who made comments and then i would talk to them afterwards and they're like oh like i didn't even know you were jewish i didn't even know that that was connected to like Mm -hmm. like they just kind of said it out of habit like from hearing it but not even realizing where it had come from or what it meant Certainly. like they're like they were like i didn't mean anything by it and um but yeah i mean there's definitely still um a lot of anti-semitism and um you know it's it's one of those things i think right now with um our daughter and she's so little <laughs> she's only mm-hmm. 12 weeks old um but those are things like my husband and i have been talking about of, of like you know he, he grew up in iowa so um i'm the first jewish person he's ever met
0: hmm. and so
1: like i've been kind of explaining to him some of the comments things that i heard growing up and
0: sure.
1: um it's a completely different world from him to kind of like hear all of this and kind of expose it to, to him um and kind of think about how to protect my daughter but also be it's a different world than what i grew up in
0: sure sure and and kind of just you know stemming off of, of you bring up your daughter want to move into something that's a little more positive yes um, <laughs> not to be somber for for the last time of the show so you mentioned you mentioned your your pancake tradition and your saturday morning cartoons i'm curious what other you know family traditions or what what do you want to pass down to your newborn daughter
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's been something I've been thinking about a lot lately. And, um, the, so there's one tradition that, um, we did every year that my, that's kind of timely for where we are and when this interview is like my, um, father would have us every year around new year's set new year's resolutions and he'd write them down and we would all talk about them and then we'd, you know, put them away and, and we do it every year. And, um, I just remember kind of looking back at some of those with my family, like more recently and like, they're so silly, right? Like (laughs) the goals that I had as like a very young child, um, some of them, you know, like, um, I was a big basketball player, so like play better basketball and, and, um, just like fun things to look back on. But it's definitely, um, he really believed in like the smart goals, like setting Mm -hmm. measurable goals. And that's something I want to pass on um i guess from like a more fun <laughs> versus practical i'm trying to think um you know just um dancing and singing my husband um plays the guitar and mm-hmm. um growing up my dad played the guitar i know you're a musician too so like every night before i went to bed my dad would sing to me and i would sing along and that's mm-hmm. one tradition i really um, we've already started with her. I mean, she's so little, but we've already started singing with her and singing wow. to her. And um, that's something that I want to kind of carry on with her of of the music. Um, right.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. What what has been your your biggest surprise so far in parenthood? <laughs> I so, many. Really? so many. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> many. Um, well like, I mean, it's such a big learn, everything changes. I think like all the, um, all the sayings you hear, like, especially the thing that you just, you can't believe you can love something so much. Mm -hmm. I think is totally true. Like, um, we, I had kind of a surreal birth experience where, um, I didn't realize this until my husband told me (laughs) later, but, um, I actually like lifted the baby out of me. Like, they were, he was like reach down and grab your daughter and i I didn't realize like she was still half inside me when he said that, oh but goodness. you can't see because my stomach
0: right, right, right.
1: is blocking it but he's like my husband was like, no you actually like pulled her out of you and uh-huh. it was just such this like it was such like a um unbelievable like ah awe, awesome moment to like mm-hmm. see her and like have this person that you i had to, it just it's beyond words and I just all the like um It's, it's surprising to me. Like you don't, until I actually experienced it, I didn't know how I would feel in that moment and like Mm -hmm. the miracle of it all. Um, and just all the little like small things like that you, you know, don't expect to, to like catch your attention, you know, just the, the little noises and how quickly she is growing and learning. And it's just all such like a miracle um it's also surprising Mm -hmm. um I had never changed a diaper before (laughs) Ah, I definitely was one of those like when all my friends were babysitting I got like my first job job and so I never really did the babysitting thing I never had younger siblings or younger family members and um I'm yeah so I just never had that exposure to taking care of children i've always had fun with them and i've always had friends that have had kids that i've loved on but i've never changed diaper until i had her so like everything has been brand new for me for sure sure. um like and my husband's been really good like he had much more experience with babies than i did so
0: so that's kind of the same dynamic in our house
1: because Mm -hmm. my wife
0: my wife has never changed a diaper and um my younger sister is 11 and a half years younger than me which meant i got to be the free uh the free babysitter for yeah
1: yeah
0: yeah no so i i'm i'm coming into this we don't have any kids yet um but eventually when we do um i'm coming into this prepared and my wife is like well good luck
1: Yeah, I think like just the um, I have we have so much so many friends that have older kids Mm -hmm. and um, like I go to them for advice and it's like it's been so long since they've had a newborn. They just don't remember. So so I would say like it's been really nice. I have like a little community of people that uh, all have newborns right now, all moms and Mm -hmm. we share advice and it's been super helpful because it's it's like a fire hose at first.
0: Sure sure i think my my parent neither of my parents had changed a diaper when i came into the picture and <laughs> they they tell me that that first time that they tried to change the diaper you said it's like a fire hose at the beginning it literally was like a fire hose that <laughs> first one and they're like
1: what the hell is happening <laughs> <Make it stop." laughs> i think little boys are a little harder to change diapers because you uh from what i've heard <laughs>
0: I didn't I did not make it easy for him apparently.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, we've been lucky. She's been like our daughter's a pretty she's been a pretty easy baby, um, um for the most part. And but yeah, like our first few nights, like my husband um and I like slept on the floor with her. We like we had no idea what we were doing. Now, um now we've got like the groove going. <laughs>
0: right. Right. How um how involved are your parents with their grandkid? Is this their first grandchild or does your brother Yeah, have kids?
1: this is the first grandchild. My parents live in Arizona, so mm-hmm. it's been a little hard with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, they um drove out and kind of quarantined right when the right when we she got here. Um, so they've only seen her in person for like when they came out at first and then now we do like little FaceTime video chats. Um so yeah. Um it is it's it's kind of an odd time to have uh to do anything right with the pandemic. But oh, yeah. um we've been quarantined since I was pregnant. So and um Colorado's had a pretty big spike. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: we've really besides them coming out, everything's been through uh virtual connections. <laughs> sure. So sure. uh it's um
0: well bittersweet. Seemed- Vaccines are rolling out. Yeah. we will all be here soon.
1: And it's been a blessing for us because we have been able to slow down and spend so much time with her. So I think there's some good with it. Like there's always a silver lining.
0: Certainly. Certainly. I'm curious what it's going to be like raising a kid out in Colorado with all the, the outdoors and nature. Are you looking to, uh, is that, is that an interest of yours? Are you guys outdoorsy people or?
1: Yeah, that's what attracted both of us here and. Um that's you know, we both ski and snowboard and hike and mountain bike and mm. yeah, we're we so I grew up in Arizona and my husband grew up in Iowa. So we're like in awe of all of our friends that grew up here and mm-hmm. are like way better skiers than us <laughs> and had access to all of it. So yeah, we're really excited to kind of expose her to the outdoors and sure. And you're up in Portland, right? Or mm-hmm. outside of Portland and yeah. yeah my husband wants us to move out there eventually. He's, uh, oh really? He's been hoping to get us out there. He likes the Pacific Northwest.
0: Yeah, we 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 moved out here from Cincinnati in July of last year, and um, no, I mean so far so good. It it was an interesting start to moving out here because the whole West Coast caught on fire like a month after we moved. Yeah. Oh um, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We didn't
0: really get to enjoy <laughs> the summer as much as we wanted to.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, with COVID, I mean, it's just it's just odd as you said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um but um my wife and I are also big skiers and Oh good. We like we were both born and raised in Florida, so we like the water and the trails and all that stuff. So the one place that had both the winter and the summer activities all within two hours of everything was here. So mm-hmm. that's when we decided to to pull the plug and, and and just make the move in the middle of a pandemic
1: have you guys been able to make it to the coast at all or
0: we went once we took Mm uh we have two dogs and Mm -hmm. we took them to a dog friendly beach in oregon called cannon beach Mm -hmm. and um it it was a blast i mean we just we walk them up to the sand and we go have fun and then they (laughs) went and found all the other dogs and we're sprinting and and oh my gosh it was it was the best beach trip i've ever had because there were dogs there too it was awesome
1: we um we have two golden retrievers as well and like Mm. one of the things i'm the most excited about is for our daughter and them to interact like they're slowly starting to interact but Uh (laughs) it it's gonna get like in the next couple months she's like they love her she's still like kind of she sometimes is aware of them being around sometimes she's not she's still like figuring them out
0: sure sure um yeah but all that said i do spend quite a bit of time in in colorado because my in-laws are in highlands ranch not too oh, far oh that's where you. i am oh I'm, are you I, in highlands ranch too
1: yeah i live in highlands ranch yeah how
0: about that um so yeah we were just there uh the week of christmas to do some skiing in winter park
1: oh um, nice so
0: that's our that's our go-to our go-to slopes and and they just bought a uh or are about to buy at the end of this week a, a condo up in uh granby colorado oh nice uh, which is like 30 minutes away from winter park
1: yeah you got the best connection
0: oh yeah <laughs> totally.
1: we'll have and to then, do some skiing together the next time for you're sure out here.
0: for sure um and then my wife's actually a ski instructor here in at uh, mount hood meadows which is oh. one, of, one of the slopes on the on the volcano here mm-hmm. so that's awesome and, and as her husband i get a, a season pass for like a 100 bucks so Um, right now I'm in between, uh, in between jobs. And when you leave one investment job for another, there's really no such thing as a two weeks notice. Mm -hmm. So you say, Hey, here's my two weeks. And then they go, yeah, don't bother coming in. You're done. So Mm -hmm. I had a random two week vacation that I wasn't expecting. (laughs) Uh, So with that, whenever she works, uh, I go up too. And if she has a lesson, then I just kind of go explore the mountain by myself and, if she's not, then we ski together. So it's a pretty nice, a pretty nice escape from the real world. Before I start, yeah,
1: that's wonderful. I'm jealous.
0: Yeah, no, we we're getting. I think I've already skied like eight days or so this season. Mm-hmm. Um, that hasn't all been great days because a lot of early, early, uh, early season conditions. So it wasn't the best snow, but I still like to be up on the mountain.
1: Oh yeah, it's the best.
0: So kind of reining it back in here and, and talking about, uh, childhood. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, is there anyone from your childhood that you wish you could get back into contact with?
1: Oh, like a friend or a lost
0: friend or, uh, yeah. Any, anyone that comes to mind?
1: Yeah. So, um, I think I mentioned, I've tried to find her. So growing up, I had a best friend, Heather Bartlett, who, um, now I'm like, oh, it's bad that I said her name on <laughs> this podcast. <is my> <laughs> um, but maybe I'll find her. Yeah, yeah. Um, Heather,
0: if you're listening.
1: <laughs> and we were like best friends. And then we it, we moved um, for, um, you know, probably like about an hour away. Our family moved and we lost contact. And mm-hmm. um, I've uh, tried to find her on Facebook and on social media and look for her to try to like reconnect Um so that's been one person that kind of comes to mind um that I'd love to connect with, but I haven't i don't she's not on any social media, so I haven't been mm-hmm. able to find her. That's tough, yeah, that's
0: tough. what would you say if you were able to uh get in front of her again?
1: How oh, would... I don't know. I just think i'd love we um we just had so much fun growing up, and I would love to just hear how she is and mm-hmm. reminisce um back in the day. We were big um, New Kids on the Block fans back. Oh, in the day. Okay, yeah, yeah. We had like this like little secret handshake that <laughs> it's not so <laughs> secret now that I'm talking about it, but it involved us saying like NKOTB and like moving <laughs> our hands and saying like <laughs> a chant. Yeah. Um And uh, neither of us like um, ever got to go to a concert, but we had the like pajamas and we would like watch the concerts and.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. That was like a big influence of our childhood our NKOTB fan fandom.
0: Oh, that's funny. I don't know that. I don't know why that reminds me, but when I was in kindergarten, um, I didn't, I, the elementary school I went to, it wasn't a uniform school, but my parents had me wear like a polo and like khaki shorts. So it was for me, for me, it was a uniform school, (laughs) but on Fridays I could wear whatever I wanted. That was my nice. one. That was my one free dress day, and every single Friday without fail, I would wear my NSYNC T-shirt. <laughs> every week, that was my Friday shirt.
1: That's awesome! In-
0: big, big sync kid.
1: That's awesome. Did you have a favorite f- song?
0: Um, it's gonna be kind of like corny and basic, but probably just "Bye Bye Bye."
1: I um I actually got Lance Bass to do like a little marketing video for my business.
0: Oh, did he really? (laughs) (laughs) Um
1: are you familiar with Cameo?
0: I am, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh he's on there.
1: He's on there and I um now they've changed it, but they had like this pilot commercial program that was like less expensive than it is now. And I submitted to him to do like a commercial. Um, to use on social media. And like, he rejected my first view. And then, like, I changed the pitch again and he accepted it and <laughs> did a little video for it. Like, I have oh, this free kids protection plan where you can do like name legal guardians for free. And okay. he he did like a little video for it. I'll send it to you.
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: <laughs> There's my instant connection. <laughs> um Not a lot of people knew what Cameo was. So, around that time, I got a lot of messages from people that were like, How do you know Lance Bass? Right. <laughs>
0: yeah now i think nowadays so many celebrities are on cameo that mm-hmm. i've i've seen some folks that like for you know new podcasts or whatever that they'll get whoever from whatever to do like a, a pitch mm-hmm. and um it's like ah you can kind of you can kind of read through it <laughs> nowadays just because of how how popular it is
1: <laughs> but if
0: you are on the forefront of it that i mean yeah for sure that's awesome <laughs>
1: I was on the forefront, Justin. I was. It, was. it was epic.
0: Yeah, I'm sure you got so much traction from that too.
1: Um, I actually didn't get that much. Tra- like, I got a lot oh, really? of. I got a lot of people that watched it, but I uh, didn't get a lot of people who de- who found the free tool. But yeah, I mean, I got a lot of people that messaged me about it, and it was kind of fun. I don't think I'll do another one of those again, but it right. was a fun experiment. It it made me happy. So.
0: Yeah, something something to look back on fondly. <laughs> So I, I have another question for you. And I think the sense I get from you is you're going to have a good answer for this.
1: Ooh, <laughs> no Who, pressure. <laughs>
0: no pressure at all. <laughs> Who were your childhood celebrity slash cartoon crushes?
1: Ooh, so my my first celebrity crush was Fred Savage. Okay. Um, And I was five years old. And the reason I remember this is I had gotten like a little diary for the holidays. One of those ones that has a little lock on it that you like lock yourself <laughs> to uh-huh, keep all uh-huh. your secrets. Right, right, um, right. And I had my first entry in my little diary was I had just watched the movie, the wizard. With oh, okay. Fred Savage, and I wrote, I just watched the wizard. He, Fred Savage is really cute. <laughs> <laughs> so he was my first ever celebrity crush. Um, what was the second part of that question? Uh,
0: any cartoon crushes?
1: <laughs> any cartoon crushes? That's such a funny question. Um, I mean, I love the question. I'm trying to think. I don't. I don't feel like I had a specific. I mean, besides like the like prince in uh, like Cinderella. You mm. know, like Prince Charming. Probably hey, that counts, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was uh, definitely was uh had the crush on the princes the disney princess oh. princes,
0: princes. So all of them
1: just all of them yeah <laughs> anyone <laughs>
0: that's fine did you ever have were you any of uh, like a little girl who fantasized about being the princess and getting saved at all or did that um, directly conflict with your tomboyishness
1: so, so um prince william was around my same age mm-hmm Growing up, so I think I had this like little like fantasy as a kid that I was gonna meet him someday and like become a princess when I was really young. Um, but no, like beyond that,
0: <laughs> is William the one that's still part of the family? Or yes. is he okay?
1: Yes, he's the one that married Kate Middleton and yeah,
0: gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, mm-hmm. my, my, I need to catch up on the crown, my knowledge of the, the royal family. <laughs> Not not quite up to speed for, for <laughs> popular culture records.
1: Now I want to know what your cartoon crush was.
0: <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, I didn't have too many cartoon ones. Most of mine were just standard celebrity ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, Emma Watson as Hermione Granger was my first one. Yeah, um, I can see that. And for then sure. basically anyone in any Nickelodeon show <laughs> growing up. Uh, so Miranda Cosgrove, who... Uh, was in Drake and Josh and then I Carly and um, Ariana Grande before she really blew up when she was on Nickelodeon, um, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of folks like that. Um, the reason I asked the cartoon one is because I was asking someone who their celebrity crush was. And they asked me, does, car- does a cartoon count? <laughs> oh, I said, sure. Why not? I mean, it's I'm the gonna add that.
1: Yeah. I definitely had a crush growing up on Zach Morris on saved by the bell and mm-hmm. um more recently the new say by the bell reboot came out on peacock and uh-huh. i was pretty that's pretty excited to see that um just because i feel like i knew every episode of Say by the bell growing up right like by heart um i was like way too excited for that reboot to come out
0: <laughs> that's funny but yeah as far as like the cartoons that one's really interesting because i feel that really gets at the essence of A lot of people's like attraction. My my (laughs) I had my younger brother on the show a few episodes ago Uh and his the cartoon girls he listed were all the goth girls from the cartoons he watched. And I said I said, Evan, there's a theme here.
1: Uh Maybe
0: you should pursue this in your actual life. He goes, You know, I've never thought about it that way.
1: (laughs) Um I I definitely liked I don't know if I had a crush, but I definitely liked all the superhero guys and um, but it, it,
0: there seems and there's a theme with you too because you've got like the princes, superheroes. There's a lot of these like leading, leading man role type of <laughs> of kind of positions in in you know in these shows and in these movies. Yeah, um,
1: some good psychoanalysis.
0: And then from who else did you say a uh, Prince William? Literally, there's there's a theme here. So it seems to me that you're into men in power in some way, <laughs> shape, or form. That's funny, and it makes me curious. What power does your husband have?
1: Right? Did that,
0: did that transfer to your your real life?
1: <laughs> um, well, my husband is a former veteran. Um, there you he's go. Served in the army, <laughs> um, and uh, but he, we have he is kind of stay at home dad for, um, for Sophia, so that I can kind of run my business and mm-hmm. support us. So we have. Um, a little bit of a non-traditional gender roles and it's going really well. He is like the super dad for sure. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: It's awesome that he's not, I mean, I'm assuming, um, like insecure about the arrangement.
1: Yeah. No, I think, I mean, we've talked about it and I think, um, you know, it's interesting, like in Scandinavian countries, it's like more 50-50 of like, that kind of, there's much more like stay at home dads and there's much more women and higher levels of politics and higher levels there. Um, yeah. So I think it's happening more and more, like one of his good guy friends is a stay at home dad. Um, and so, um, you know, I think there's moments where he, um, you know, wrestles with it, (laughs) but he is definitely secure enough to do it. And, um, Especially during COVID, like there isn't a lot of options right now for good um, childcare that's safe, mm-hmm. and um, we're kind of blessed that my business has done well, and, and he can um, have that connection. And I think he really wants to give our daughter that attention as well. Of um, so, we're pretty pretty lucky.
0: Sure, sure. Now, did he have like the uh, the military benefits? did he stay in long enough to, to benefit from that like college for your your daughter and all that fun stuff
1: Yeah, we don't have he wasn't in there long enough for all of that. He does get medical benefits and then we did get like the VA the home buying benefits. So there's oh, a lot of stuff. Oh, that one's we've huge. Got. Yeah, that was really really key for us. Oh, back sure. In our house. Mm-hmm.
0: No, uh, uh, yeah, to that point a buddy of mine is in the Navy and um He and his fiance are uh, are of course soon to be married and are thinking of buying a house. And I'm like, the fiance is finishing up a master's degree. I'm like, oh, do you have enough savings to? You know, my job is in personal finance, so I'm asking him all the all the finance questions around. You know, is he prepared to do it? And he goes, Justin, I get zero down, zero private mortgage insurance. I can do whatever I want, with (laughs) a reason, obviously. But I was like. Cause my my wife and I are are still early enough in our careers where we um you know we're still paying off the student loan debt mm-hmm. and all that fun stuff. So even though I I we have the cash flow to buy a house, I just don't want to pay private mortgage insurance, mm-hmm. and that's a huge factor a huge factor oh, yeah. into our timing. So mm-hmm. oh my god, that's such a that that's awesome.
1: Yeah, it is. It's really awesome.
0: God. All right, I've got one final question for you because I do have to let you go here. We're coming up on an hour. Mm -hmm. Um, What's something that was really common from your childhood that would be super strange for future generations? Trying to explain (laughs) to your daughter and you just don't think that it would connect.
1: Oh, like like technology-wise or just anything in general?
0: Most likely technology, but anything.
1: Um, what comes to mind is like how we would go to Blockbuster to get movies.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, funny enough, that one hasn't come up yet.
1: That's so like one. yeah, like just that whole like how it was all set up, right? Like you would you would show up at Blockbuster and all the good stuff, like if you didn't get there right when the new releases were, all the good stuff would be taken and then there was like always this like debate between you and your siblings about which movie and so you go and grab something to hold it but then mm-hmm. you'd have to kind of get through the crowd and kind of get your movie and um and just not and how different it is now right like how you can just binge things you don't have to return things mm-hmm. <laughs> um just so different than uh our friday night blockbuster trip
0: right well, yeah, just the whole concept of streaming. Period. I mean, <laughs> there's no the CDs are dead. Mm-hmm. No one buys DVDs unless you're mm-hmm. like a collector of like friends or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, that the whole the whole world has completely changed around how you consume content. Mm-hmm. I, this podcast people can stream whenever they want. There's no seasoned discs that come out i mean it, it's yeah that's a that's a really good answer um and yeah i i my younger sister as i mentioned is 11 years younger than me so we just had this conversation of like explaining what phones are <laughs> and, and like and and i'm you know i'm a 90s baby so my my first phone i got my first cell phone in middle school. Oh, wow. It was, it was a little chunky flip phone that mm-hmm. had like limited minutes and no texting, none of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was a, I only had my parents' numbers. It was to call them to pick me up from school and in emergencies. Like that, that was all it was for. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was introduced to texting on that thing and then T9 keyboard and then the flip open with the, uh, the full keyboard phones and then the sm- and then the smartphones and then the actually good smartphones and <laughs> by the time my brother who's only four years younger than me got his first phone i was like through six generations of phones
1: <laughs> oh yeah like when when i was in high school it was pagers mm-hmm. and so we would like page <laughs> like we would page i'm like why were we why was that the trend the paging trend right, like, right. We're like we would page little messages with like numbers we would our parents would page us when they needed us to call them and mm-hmm. we'd page them when we needed to get picked up um i'm trying to remember i must have been in college when i got my first phone and then yeah i was just thinking the other day about like the blackberry oh yeah yeah uh, <laughs> And, yeah, the progression of, like, the very basic Motorola phone where you, would like, sit there and try to, like, text something and then the BlackBerry being, like, this big improvement. And, yeah, now it's just every year it gets better and better. Yeah. It's crazy. It,
0: it, it's nuts. So it's we'll,
1: we'll
0: see crazy. what your daughter's first phone is.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Yeah, it's crazy to imagine what my daughter is going to see in her, her lifetime when it comes yeah,
0: to that. This is going to be, like, a chip that just like plates in our head.
1: I hope so. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it would be more convenient. I always think like just to think something and I'm have it happen.
0: Yeah, I, I have I have absolutely no issues with it. I'm, I'm, I'm totally down. They're like the government's gonna track you. I'm like, they already are. So <laughs> we have direct deposit tax returns. They have access to everything. Let's,
1: oh yeah. Definitely,
0: but yeah. In any case, I do have to let you go. You have been such a delight, and I do really appreciate you giving me an hour of your time. So, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, one more time, where can people find you? And, um, and uh, you know, anything, any everything, and anything you want to plug?
1: Yeah. So, lawmother.com, and then on Instagram, lawmotherco. And yeah, I have a free legal tool, freelegaltool.com to name legal guardians. If you want to protect your kids and need somewhere to start.
0: Perfect. Well, again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You've been so much fun.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much, Justin. This was great.
0: All righty. And until next time.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. All right. And.